Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We've got a few coffees in studio this week as well because Guinness have partnered up with Brad Barrett's Tiki Tonga Coffee Roasters to create a new coffee. It's called 232 Brew. It's perfect for those early morning kickoffs at the World Cup and it's available at Flatiron Square in Brigadiers in London and the Oast House in Manchester. Just check out tikitonga.co.uk if you fancy getting some for the home as well. Jim and Goody are with me as usual and we're joined in studio this week by a friend of the show and former Ireland international, Darren Kay. How are you, mate? I'm a bit stressed, actually. Yeah, um, you look I'm, tired. How old's the little baby now? Um, ten and a half weeks. I told you the last time my missus keeps waking me up in the middle of the night when she's feeding her. That's what the problem is. Why? Why is she waking you up? Not on purpose. Mate, tell her to get in the car outside. <laughs> that's what I did. And don't come back. Well, no, just wait in the car. So if you, you know, you're breastfeeding or whatever, that's what I said to my wife with the twins. I said, get in the car. Okay, close the door. Any screaming? I was like, once it's quietened down, once it's quietened down, come back and get me. I went, oh, are you okay, Becca? Are you okay? I was the complete opposite. But yeah, we're fine. Thanks, Andy. Rose. Good weekend, was it, boys, or yeah, what? Yeah, well, no, I, was, I had the weekend off, so not really. Um, <laughs> well, you spent time with the family? No, it was all right. Uh, Friday night, big game. I was up in Glasgow. Glasgow versus Scarlets, actually. And I uh, went out for a beer with my old mate, Petra Stuplessy. Put it on the Instagram stories. I don't know if you saw it, everyone. Oh, so I'm intrigued, though. So you up in Glasgow yeah you've gone out on the Friday night after the game yeah now usually you're telling the missus oh you got in at about half 11 12 quiet one how loose well we started off by saying we weren't gonna have a beer so he's picked me up in his underground Maserati that's probably worth three grand now because it's done 100,000 miles Um, he's mortgaged remortgaged his house so he can pay for the fuel and We've ended up going out till about after three. It could have been four, but <laughs> I text the wife. I text, text the wife at half one, just saying, "Got in. I'm so tired." Um, it might have been four, and then after that, I was dusty for the rest of the weekend. Really? Yeah, that was about it. KV, you've been doing a bit of uh, co-coms as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've been busy, busy boy. I was in Dublin for Leinster against the Ospreys. No, I didn't see it, mate. Ospreys got hosed, didn't they? Yeah and um, Leinster were amazing 14 players missing um, it's a shame I was on comms and I was such a shambles really <laughs> Wait, why are you a shambles so uh, I did alright uh, in the end but at the start so you know co-coms you're like you're quite high up watching and uh, when you go to a game it's nice to like watch the game as opposed to like squinting at the wee monitors in front of you so by 20 minutes in I cannot figure out like who the fuck is who yeah because I'm watching there and I actually had to nudge John Forrest who was on lead comms and said mate I can't see the numbers I can't see who he is and he told me like I need to be looking at the screens so I was getting players names wrong and all sorts of it's it's tough and and I bag Goody for what for being everything everything for being fat for hey talking of fat okay (laughs) someone came up to me again out of the blue and said uh love the podcast can you stop calling Andy Good fat yes that's what he said he said uh, fat shaming and it's not acceptable in today's day and age so that's fine I said I'll just call him morbidly obese and I says but in my opinion (laughs) that sounds worse my friend Andy Good is morbidly obese. For me, that sounds worse than saying my friend Andy Good is fat. But you were going to start with a compliment, right? It sounded like there was... Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. that was a compliment. Um, we're talking about this because the World Cup's on, as we know, right? And you look at the commentators at the World Cup and they're all doing a brilliant job. So, obviously, Nick Mullins, Martin Gillingham. Who are the other ones? Mar- oh, yeah, Miles, Miles Harrison. Harrison Miles the Har- voice. Yeah, Miles Harrison's very good. And obviously, the other lads are on comms and anyone who watches ITV will see it's Benny, it's uh, Scott Hastings, Ugo... Uh, Nolly's doing it Daniel Waterman as well Flats. At, at Flats and I'm watching it and being new to it and KV's just alluded to it then it's not easy so my point being when Goody does comms and we've had this chat before and we're now in this world of media and giving the people what they want and also giving the players 
the respect that they deserve. It's easy to, to name the players that everyone knows. So all the England players, everyone knows them off, off by heart. The majority of the, the New Zealand players, the South African players, so the, the main nations are the more difficult ones. And it was Scotland Samoa recently. And I mentioned last week, producer Tim gave me the, the phonetics and the pronunciations. My morbidly obese friend, Andy Good <laughs> is very, very good. Hit me with some. Hit me with some Fijian names. Uh, this is the one. Uh, who, do you, who do you want? Semi, uh, Semi Randrandra. Who else? Uh, Lavani Bottia. Oh, that's nice. My favourite one. My pimpy. <laughs> <laughs> My pimpy, but uh, Waisea Nyathalevu. The Fijian outside centre. He's, he's a unit as well. But very impressive. Well, there must have been 12 Fijians playing for Lancer. That's all. If you're there at me. But, um, I, feel, I feel all tingly. I think in four seasons, that's the first compliment I've ever had from you, Jim. That's fine, mate. But you're it was welcome. a backhanded one because you called me fat first. Goody, how, how was your week here, mate? Uh, th- I was a bit dusty by the time I got to Friday. Thursday night, I hosted an event for Match Point. Guinnesses Whoa. were flowing. Guinness and Blackcurrant, I might add. Uh, which people abuse me for. Just good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and that was it. Friday, quiet day with the girls. Went to look around a new school. Saturday, watched the Ruggers. Obviously watched Lavanini's Red, which was disgusting. Sunday, took the girls swimming. So quite a relaxing weekend, right, actually. So shit, I'll be yeah. honest. Um, we're going to get into um, Ireland and Scotland later in the pod because um, it's going to be a hell of a conclusion to Paul A. Uh, but let's just have a look at the big game that happened over the weekend. England, Argentina. Goody, you mentioned it. The uh, Lavanini red card. Did that just ruin the game straight off the bat? Or I'm going to say one thing on this. Go on then, James. It ruined the game. And, I, and now I'm not going to pass it. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not even going to tell you what I think. It's pissing me off. What's pissing you off? That you got a red card and the game was ruined. It's a red card every day matter, of the week. Mate. And that, I don't, I don't yeah, understand mate, how... That's Yeah, all right, whatever. It's a red card, but it still fucking ruined the game. So whose fault was it? Lavanini's the only person to blame. You know, it's not like these tackle laws have come in as a shock to everyone like a couple of days ago and we we're still reacting this has been talked about for months well it was different two and weeks now, ago uh, mate that it wasn't different two weeks mate, ago well, it was wasn't it because if Lavanini did that two weeks ago he's still getting a regular okay, what, what are you saying it was so yeah I mean the, the, it is a red card in today's climate Lavanini's not meant to hit him in the head that's my point like Argentina were a bit stupid in the way that they fronted up to the game they were physical you could see they were fired up their captain uh, was raging gave away a couple of penalties Lavanini we know he's got a, a discipline issue like I get that but I don't know it's just for me it just completely ruined the game well, so the, he went off and I turned the game off so this I is the thing like, I think England were going to win it come what may um, I don't think Argentina had the quality to beat England but you're talking about this now in terms of the tackle and look at someone like Courtney Laws who is as tall as anyone else playing the game, he doesn't go in high. Because that's his tackle technique, and I completely get that. And this is the last thing that I'll say. You're right. You said you were going to say one thing, now you're saying another. <laughs> Mate, you fuck your mind. Will Skelton doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because people, But you have to learn to do that. Yeah, you have to learn to do that. How do you learn to do that? Uh, fucking you, bend you, over you, and tackle. It doesn't work like that. It has to. Well, clearly it does, yeah. Otherwise, Lavanini's, everyone's going to get red cards. Game's I, ruined. I, it, the game's not ruined. What has to happen? But that game was ruined. But my take on it, so you look at Lavanini... And he's seen Farrell and he's flown out the line at him. And Farrell stepped back in. That's it. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but the, the, so, so, so when you're talking about it, you're talking about someone who's flying out the line without the full control of his body to try and make a big hit. So coaches and players now have to understand all this line speed that keeps coming. You can't just react in the last millisecond to a tackle and then have the risk of getting hit high. You have to get off the line first couple of steps, but you have to be able to steady your feet before you make a tackle. Players aren't steadying their feet before they make a tackle, they're going to get hit up high. They're going to make high shots that are going to get red cards. So if you watch Lavanini, not once does he break stride. He just flies and then he gets half-stepped 
and then waboom, he fucking throws his shoulder in his head and he's gone. Did the red card ruin the game? Yes. The, the red card didn't ruin the game. The red card is a fact of where we yeah. are in rugby now. Lavanini ruined the game by doing that for his Argentinian teammates. He didn't ruin the game. We did because it weren't, it weren't a competition. And this is this is what Benny Kay was speaking about and a couple of others. And I fully, fully agree. I think now we're in this area where player welfare is at the forefront. I 100% agree. My kids hopefully will play rugby. Uh, they might do, they might not. And I want the full protection of them and the heads and everything. My issue is the inconsistencies. We saw Motu Matu's blatant red card wasn't red carded. Goody trolled the England team oh, by but, showing Piers Francis' Francis's tackle. I didn't troll the England team. What I said was this picture's going around Twitter and when you have a still shot, it looks very similar. Oh, we don't like still those screenshots? Yeah, so no, but you need, they you need to... They don't tell the full story. They, they don't tell the full story. But at the time, and Drew Mitchell called us up both on it on Twitter about Piers Francis' tackle. So what do you reckon to that one? At the time, in the framework, I said to myself, I thought that was a red card without being able to slow it down and looking at the point of contact. Mm. And apparently the point of contact for Piers Francis one was at the top of his chest and then it rode up to his head. But Jim, were you going to say about Ben Kay and what he suggested? Yeah. So for me, I would love to see what Benny Kay mentioned, a different colour card where Lavanini goes off, doesn't come back on, and then 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, Argentina can, that, can then bring on another one. Unless it's one where you've meant to do it and it's intent. So therefore, so you've punched someone, you've stamped on someone. Something like that, which is, there's no grey area. For me, the Lavellini one, there, there's there, there's a small... I don't think that he's he's gone because he's not what, what he's not going to want to get sent off, is he? No, he's not going to want to get sent off. But what he's trying to do is put a huge shot on one of England's most influential players yeah. without being in control of it. He was yeah. never in control of that at all. I understand what you're saying in terms of some tackles. Let's go back to Munster against Gloucester last season. Cipriani gets red carded. Yeah. That ain't Cipriani trying to take someone's head off, but he gets sent off. That's the sort of thing where you're thinking... Yeah, you know, Cipriani, he's, he's upright. Someone's stilled a, a George Ford tackle the other day. He's upright in the tackle and it looks like there's a shoulder touching someone's head. And as we've said, the stills don't do things justice. If you're saying the Cipriani one against Munster last year ruined the game, well, perhaps it did because Sips hasn't thrown his shoulder as hard as he can into someone. Lavanini has given that full force. And I understand the point and I completely agree that you could do something like that. There's no point in talking about it until after the tournament with Ben Kay's example yes it's a great example of what we could do but we can't do it now i think you look at nigel owen's reaction in the game as well like he not one point says mate that's a joke that's reckless which he does nigel owens normally says look mate that's ridiculous or you he know, said play on he actually said it was he said no foul play so he said no foul play and then you could see he had empathy towards him for right now you know um like ross tucker was it who was on he's talking yeah. about getting rid of gray areas yeah and like it's in what you said, Goody, about technique, and that's something in Ireland they're very, very big on, like getting off the line and then loading and then sort of entering the tackle again. They call it go, load, go. So taking the first five or ten metres, then controlling your feet and then entering the tackle correctly. Because the reason I agree that there should be a different coloured card, because that, like, that is a red card. Um, you can't tackle someone in the head nah. like that, full stop. But... It, it did ruin the game. I think England probably would have won that game 90% of the time, maybe 80% of the time. So probably Maybe 100. Well, up to, well 100, 100 as soon as the red card happens. Can Argentina and Lavanini be punished without it completely and utterly ruining the game? That's what I think you'd yeah, like to see. I get see. that, but what the debate we're having now is that's for conversations to have after the World Cup. Yeah, you if can't you're change head, it now. If you're a head coach now, if I'm Eddie Jones, I'm talking to my players daily about this. I'm t- picking out Manu, the way he tackles. And I'm picking out Carl Sinclair for his one when he's flown headfirst into 
the Argentinian earlier on the game, I thought it was a yellow card. As a coach, it's your responsibility to keep the players correct side of the line in terms of the aggression levels. Lavanini, he's reckless there. So I completely agree with the other card situation that we're all talking about, but that's not for the here and now, that's for post-World Cup because yeah. you ain't going to change it during a World Cup, are yeah, you? I'm just saying that it, it completely ruined it for me. I turned it off after and there was a... a, a obviously went back and watched some of the highlights and then read some of the stuff after and everyone was talking about Sam Underhill about how well he played in his tackle technique which is phenomenal but he also picks up a lot of head head concussions by tackling the way that he does that low and that that hard but it's as we know we've all played the game everyone has a different technique technique or an optimal technique I'm not going to bore you or nausea you with it, but hit, I had this, with, hit with your tits. Hit with your tits, mate. <laughs> but when I used to maul, for example, and you know, some people call me the greatest mauler of the modern generation. Um, but I had this debate with, with some of my coaches. So when I lifted in a line out, and they're telling me to bend down low so I can get in almost like a scrummaging position to maul, I was like, no. I was like, I'm like a king prawn in that position. Like I am not at all effective or powerful. King prawns are nice, though. They are lovely. Yeah, they are lovely, especially in batter. Yeah. Go deep. But I was so much more efficient upright because I'm six foot eight. Look at big Willie Little, Willie Skelton. He ain't efficient low. He is efficient big, but he needs to be careful. Um, the big news also coming out of that game is uh, Big Billy's ankle injury. Um, he's apparently going to be having scans when this pod comes out on Tuesday. I mean, how much of a loss would that be for England? Well, it'd be huge if it was longer than a week. The, the beauty of what we've done so far is we've qualified for the quarterfinals. First team to qualify. So this game against France this weekend is obviously a huge game because no team's ever won a World Cup after losing the pool game. And you want to build momentum. You want to go on a winning run, etc., etc. You know, our England stood there going, oh, if we lose to France at, this, at the weekend, you know, it's an easier side of the draw. Well, you know, you're playing Wales in a quarter as opposed to playing Australia. So you know, you've got to beat the big teams to win it. So I don't think it really matters. For Billy being out, if he's out more than... One game, if he gets to a quarterfinal and he's out again, it's a huge loss. Plays a lot of rugby, doesn't he? I was surprised that he's played so much, yeah, just he's, given he's so important to them. Yeah, but he, you speak to him and, and here, and Jim knows better than anyone, sat in this room about it. He feels he plays better by playing week to week to week. And that's, you know, uh, he hasn't got injured because he's played too much rugby, has he? No. It's just an unfortunate ankle twist and you, ho- you hope it's not too bad. I wouldn't risk him this week at all, whether he's fit to go or not. I think we can beat France without him. England face France in the final pool game and it's a shootout to see tops pool C. So we thought we'd have a chat about the game and everything going on in the French camp with the man who was in charge of France at the last World Cup. Philippe Saint-André joins us now. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Very, very well. And you? Yeah, we're good, Philippe. We're good. We're, we're, we're actually much better than the French team at the minute, although you've qualified for the World Cup. Let's just talk. What do you make of the France game at the weekend just scraping past Tonga? What I can say, we are surprised because we, the French team play well. Well, 40 minutes against, uh, against Argentina on, on the mean of the, of the World Cup. But uh, since it was tough during America and, uh, against Tonga, you know, we, we, we start okay for 15 minutes, but after we switch off completely, we, we make 14 mistakes, dropping ball and everything. And we get the win, but it was, uh, it was very, very cheeky. And obviously, there's been a lot of talk this week about Godardo. Is that what I'm saying? Godardo? Uh, the ca- anyway, the captain. Girado. Girado. I tried to say it in French, but it didn't work. There's been a fallout with the coaches and who's managing the team. Is it Gautier? Is it Brunel? I mean, Without saying it, like Goody would normally say, typically, typically French. What what what's happening there? Have you heard anything? No, to be honest, I, I am like you. I uh, I read the newspaper, and this morning uh, 
he was a, a big thing in the media Olympic and knowing all the other newspapers and it's a, it's a tension between Guillaume Girado and Galtier but to be honest he, he is not coming from now you know uh, Galtier was a coach of Toulon when Girado was a captain of Toulon and uh, I think since uh, the, the tension are quite strong between Guillaume Girado between Mathieu Bastaro but Mathieu Bastaro was not big uh, for this World Cup so I think it's it's more some old story uh, come back. I just hope that you know that uh, Girado is a fantastic leader and uh, the player uh, back up him. And uh, I just I hope that uh, Guillaume Girado will play against England and then uh, we will, the, the, the French team will will be consistent during eighty minutes. It's what we what we hope uh, is to see a good game of rugby uh, Saturday against England. And who do you think is running the show there? Do you think it is Brunel or, or Gautier? Like, who do you think is the boss? I mean, it looks like with the way that they've changed the kind of style of play, a little bit more tactical, that, that Gautier has had a, a kind of bigger influence than most people would have thought. Yeah, to, but to be honest, we didn't see too much technical against Tonga. So uh, I think uh, Gautier takes the lead on the pitch. This is sure, but I think Jack Brunel is still uh, the the selectioner, the the man speaks with the newspaper and uh, manage the player and. Uh, pick the team so I think you know I think Fabien Galtier have a big influence because also he will be the head coach after the World Cup until the next World Cup in France so France are into the quarterfinals already nobody's really talking about them as a team that can do any serious damage at this World Cup how far do you think this French team is capable of going well, to be honest, uh, we are happy to be qualified in quarter final, you know. But I think it, it, it will be a big test against England. And if the French team uh, play well, why not to to beat Wales or Australia in quarter final and, and arrive in top four? I don't think so. After we can go <laughs> forwards because we are we look so so much behind team like uh, England or New Zealand or, or South Africa but uh, at the moment what the French players and the supporters I know everybody uh, follows the French team we like to see the French team play 80 minutes because at the moment like like I say we play 40 minutes well against Argentina and we switch off we play the last 20 minutes against America because it was 12-9 after 60 minutes and after we, we did good last 20 minutes and against Tonga it was a first 15 minutes of the game and after nothing so uh, just we, we hope that we have a great performance against England we win or we lose it's, it doesn't matter but it's just about the performance and about what uh, what the guys can do on the pitch because we have some players with talents guys like Peno, you know and Tamak uh, a lot of young players with a lot of talents and I just hope that they will perform well uh, Saturday against England. Well, we'll talk more about the England game in a minute. What I want to do is turn it back to uh, your old boss, a guy that's a very good friend of mine, Morad Boujalal. Uh, did you see his video yeah. at the weekend uh, asking the yeah, players I, to, to have I a I saw the video. <laughs> He's typical Murad, you know. Also, he filed Fabien Galtier, uh, the fitness coach left also the club for the French team. Thibaut. So, you know. That's Thibaut, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
He used yes, to coach me at Saracens back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I, I saw it and I, I laugh I, I a lot because I work with Mourad Pujela and I know he's Mourad Pujela. I don't think so. It's the player in one side and, and the staff in one other side. After it's Shores and uh, uh, Guillaume Girado is a captain and he, he, he don't have too much game time. And uh, Kamisha, the other hooker, is, is performing well. But... Uh, I think about Murad, yeah, it's more revenge between uh, between Galtier and this fitness coach who wasn't too long uh, a few years ago. And then just going back to previous World Cups with France, uh, obviously 2011 there was a bit of a mutiny as well, wasn't there, with um, Mark Lieberman in charge. And Harry Nordicke actually admitted that, didn't he? What is it about the French in a World Cup? They, they just hate the coach. Is it, is it they spend too much time together? What What's going on? <laughs> It was the apparently in 2011 after they, they lost against Tonga because this time we beat them. But in 2011, they lost against Tonga and he was a lot of character. Uh, Pape, uh, Ari Nordoki, Bonner, Yashvili and, and so many players. And apparently they have a big, big, uh, a big night after Tonga and, you know, and, and they clean uh, the dirty clothes together and after they go and after I think they, they were more involved in the strategy and they takes the control, but uh, this was eight years ago. What we are worried uh, than it looks like uh, more we play, uh, less we play well, and this is quite a worry. We, we're looking quite sharp during the friendly games against Scotland. I know we look uh, tired, we look uh, very low in confidence, we look... Uh, uh, I don't know if we make so many mistakes. Uh, our, our discipline was very poor the first two games. Against Tonga, we dropped 14 balls. But uh, it's, I hope it will be so French and I hope we can get, we can have one good game in this World Cup. And why not against England or better will be in quarter final because we are qualifying in, in quarter final and we didn't perform well. So just one good game. And you can finish in the top four and this uh, in semi-final, and this will be will be a miracle. But it will be quite good for the French rugby. From an outside perspective, looking in, I played a year in France at Montpellier with Fabian, uh, which wasn't great. I had a Harley yeah. Davidson that used to drive yeah. the mountains. Which you know great. Fabian better than me, like a coach. Me, I know him like a player because I, I play with him and I was his captain. But you, you know him much more like a coach. Yeah, so. he he know like Jim. That's all <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say, so. French rugby, where does it stand at the minute? The top 14 looks like, well, it is commercially, the TV deals that's involved, the players that play there, some of the highest paid in the world. The under-20s have won the World Cup two times round. Yet, when it comes round to World Cup and, you know, other stuff, Bougelau coming out with these funny videos, is it a French culture thing that surrounds sport? Or, like, as a, as a proud Frenchman who's obviously been at the helm both as a player and as a coach how do you look at it are you embarrassed by it or do you think like this is just the way that France go about their business you know I think to be honest it's uh, we need to change our our structure of uh, of rugby if we want uh, if we want that the French team perform well because like you say top 14 it's a great economy a big business but it's a, it's it's a marathon the guys start in August and and finish the final the 15th June so you prepare the players not to be a Formula 1 but to be a 4 by 4 you know the guys are strong they are big it's a very physical game, but a very, very slow game. And uh, the guys don't 
don't do speed during the pre-season or during the year because we are scared in the top 14 the guys are injured and we pay the guys a lot and uh, French and to play international game no it's completely different you need guys quick sharp uh, very very fit and it's a completely uh, different rugby and I know I I took a lot of blame when uh, I was a, I was a coach of the French team, and I say if we don't change our organization, our structure, we we will go against the wall because we need we need a top 12, not a top 14. We need to drop a lot of game. We need that the player have a three months break uh, between the seasons, and we need to be back on the basics, speed, skills, and the guys be fresh physically and mentally. And uh, us at the moment, it's more a business than try to try to to win the World Cup and this is is the biggest problem in the French rugby and it's this since uh, since 10 15 years ago so on to the game at the weekend do France stand the chance of beating this England side to to be honest at the moment uh, no we no no because the English team looks quicker sharper fitter they put more intensity and they didn't have uh, one one tough game in this in this group but uh, I hope that the French team will will put the tempo higher and they will switch on and a crunch a game against England France is complete it's all the time different and just you know just we hope that uh, the French team perform well we don't ask to to win against England but just to perform well and to have a hope to to doing very well in, in the quarter final of the of the World Cup after after you know if England play to to their level I think uh, I think it will be difficult for the for the French team because it looks like we can't cope about high intensity more than Forty or fifty minutes at the moment. And if um, if I had my way, Philippe, you'd still be the French national coach. So I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could name France's best team right now, one to fifteen, which what would it be? It's a good question. I think Rabas Slimani on the tight head. I think I will start with Girado and after Poirot on the on the loose head lock. I think Sébastien Vamina after I like the lock of of Lyon, but uh, he was not picked for the for the World Cup. In the back row at the moment, I think the the back row at the moment of the French team, you know, is probably uh, the the best with uh, with Aldrit number eight in the. Uh, Scrum half, uh, the young scrum half of Toulouse is very, is very gifted. Antoine Dupont is very gifted. Uh, and Tamak, uh, after Fofana is, is injured, but I would say Fofana and Gael Ficou, uh, Peno Uge and Maxime Meda. I think this will be my best, uh, starting 15. Just, uh, Wesley Fofana will be there, but he's, he's injured at the moment. You know? Would you pick, uh, Vakatara or, uh, or Racker as well? Racker's on fire, isn't it, at the minute? Raka is, is in fire at the moment, when you have the ball, you know, but, uh, he make, he still make mistake in defense, mm, uh, on the high ball is not, uh, accurate at the moment. He, he did very well against, against, uh, Tonga, but, uh, you know, I am not sure if you play against England, New Zealand, or South Africa, he will perform well because he's very, very strong and very powerful when he have the ball, but, but uh, out of the ball, you know, uh, a winger, you know, you need to cover a lot. And uh, and all the kicking game behind him and everything is not this strength. Definitely. And, um, Philip, we mentioned last time that you were on about the PSA, the Philip Santandre Academies. Um, how is that all going now, that other venture of yours? Oh, it's going, it's going very well, you know. 
he will be our fifth year uh, this year and he's, he's going well. Uh, last year we have 600 uh, children, so we, we will hope to have seven, 700 this year between 10 and 17 in France, in UK, in Ireland, also in, in Martinique. And, uh, do you know, it's, uh, I think people must go to PSA Academy and to see. We're looking for coach also. So I, so I, I need a good fly half and, I'm I'm still waiting. And a good luck, do you know, to do some <laughs> coaching. So, hey, Philippe, are, I did see that I, on LinkedIn, mate. I saw that on LinkedIn. If they want a mall and they want to scrum to, scrum to the cow sheds and back, mate, you know where I am. <laughs> and I pay in beer the night, okay? In beer? Oh, <laughs> no, beer. no, no. Guinness, Guinness, my friend. I'm still, I'm still waiting for the invite. Guinness, yeah, Guinness. Guinness, I'm still waiting for the invite for some skiing as well. So, you know, if we can sort something out. I, we can get there. No problem. We can organize first skiing in, in winter in Tigne. And after we we doing uh, we doing the camp in summer. Excellent, mon, mon ami. Merci beaucoup. Merci. Okay, thank you. Merci, Philippe. Thanks, Take Philippe. care. Bye bye. Merci. Bonjour, Philippe. Bonjour. Bye bye. Top man. I love Philippe Saint Andre. So French. So Francais. I love his accent. Actually, I feel like you get tingly. Yeah, a bit tingly when I hear him. I so. mean. Should we go? We should go and do some coaching and go skiing. Imagine you on skis. How good! I mean, you'd look like a cow. Oh, imagine me. Yeah. You look like a penguin, mate. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Penguin, penguins can ski, mate. Where well, do they fine. live? Fine. All right. You might be able to ski. But you look absolutely horrendous. Yeah, KB, I don't imagine you can ski with that tan. No. Yeah, I'd be all right. I go all right. Yeah, I mean. The whole Murad Boujalal thing, that's so French. Putting a video up saying players have a mutiny because he hates Fabien Gauthier. Mate, not a lot of people like Fabien. He's the, he's the French head coach mate, for the next, he's, he's the next not, World Cup. And I've said before, and again, not that my opinion counts, yeah. he hasn't got a great reputation amongst players and amongst, amongst coaches. Why not? Just, his, just the way he is, just as a person. Crazy, I think. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I don't know. I mean, I would see myself as cultured. You know, I'm multilingual. Like, I multilingual. Speak. I was student of the game. Multilingual, you mean? Mo- mo- well, multi, yeah, same thing. Multi, is it the same? Lingual, no, lingual? Lingual's not even a word, is All it? Right. One thing I don't like, so if there's anything that I despise more than anything ever. And this if there's is, anything that you despise more than anything, I'm looking forward to this anything. This is, is going to be big. Is, speak, is speaking to, is spoken to badly. So someone who speaks to me out of turn, speaks to me disrespectfully. So why do you call me fat every day? Well, I don't actually morbidly obese now. I'm sorry okay. that I called you fat. I am sorry. So, and Fabian, I would describe, and Mario Ledesma, when I was there, spoke to me like a dog. And I fucking told them. I said, do, do not speak to me like a dog. Like, I was trying to speak French, and I probably sound like Borat. I probably didn't. I was, there was probably a bit of German in there, a bit of Chinese. I mentioned multilingual. And <laughs> Fabian just said, joke, just fucking speak English. You can't speak French. He was being quite aggressive with me. So I said, who the fuck do you think you were speaking to like that? You chien, a dog. <laughs> Oh, you called him a dog then? I called you? him a shen, but I meant to say, am I a shen, but I couldn't work it out. So, um, yeah, so we had a big to do. And then, you know, the rest is history. Three years at Saris, two European Cups and two back-to-back premierships. I mean, yeah, not that it was seven, that successful. Seven, seven minutes of finals rugby. Yeah, so... So what happens when you're arguing with the coach like that? And you, everyone was arguing. So one of the weirdest things that I found, like I went to Montpellier, not just for money, for life experience, but, you know, to, to, money. to try and do well. And people, obviously... People dress it up as life experience. Yeah. Um, um, money. Yeah, and I went there and people weren't interested and it was just literally about getting paid. Zero culture, a few good lads in the team and that was about it. Arley Davison riding up and down the mountains. Jobs are good at We've just spoken about what's going on in the France camp, but Belief in a Poll has also revealed that England's been using psychologists to get over the herd of 2015 and just to help the players open up because he said uh, men don't know how to talk about their feelings. What have you guys made of this? 
That's interesting, isn't it? You know, obviously there's a lot of hurt around the squad about 2015 and, you know, the last World Cup, people talk about it. You sometimes need honesty sessions. Yeah, when you're, when you're as a team and if you're not performing well, as I say, I'm not, I'm not saying England haven't performed well because they have, but they obviously had this issue with 2015 on their back uh, and you're at the next World Cup and you want to sort it out and talk about it. So they've gone deep. Well, you go back to 2015 World Cup. Who was the coach? Steve Lancaster. Steve Lancaster. <laughs> what was it? Stuart, Stuart. Lancaster. Oh, I thought it was, was Steve. I, I, I thought it was Steve. <laughs> but I didn't so, even flinch. Um, uh, and so you go back a couple of World Cup cycles. You go back to 2011. There was, a, there was a lot of people. Um, Throwing a lot, of, a lot of things that went on. And things got released to the press. And things were said that were from the confines of a changing room. And then 2015, post-World Cup, there was the big fallout and people were saying things in the press, apparently. And Billy's talked about it in the press. You know, they talked about their feelings. Men don't want to talk about their feelings. Men find it very difficult to be honest and open and say something that, you know, might really affect something in a team environment. But it's, it's interesting. You, you know, you talk about how, how what, what's it going to take to win a World Cup? And obviously... Eddie Jones just thought, I need to get rid of some baggage that was here from 2015. Because there was still a bit, because Burgess was announcing the book, wasn't he? He said that there was an issue in camp and he was going to announce who it was. There you go. So, who knows? That will come out when you uh, buy Sam Burgess's book. I remember one of my first Ireland squads, they had a meeting like that. Yeah. Um, and basically, the, the people stood up and accused the monster players of like just given it absolutely everything for like the red of monster and then just like not really being as fussed when they played for Ireland who oh, oh, hey, you come on mate did you come in and give it, it to Ronan you, you gave First it to Rog I was like Paul hey, who do you think you are <laughs> next thing Jim's scrapping him on ITV <laughs> mate domination you're not going to tell us him no, no naming but yeah and they won a Grand Slam straight after so there you go it does mate, work we had a similar thing at Scotland we were sat around in a meeting with Andy Robinson in charge and honest, honestly you, meeting oh. and he's like how are we feeling so I put my hand up and I said we're absolutely fucked Robbo negative <laughs> we won the wooden spoon you've won something <laughs> well yeah so if, you, if it's an honesty meeting you can't be honest if I would have said I'm feeling great I would have lied to his face but instead he thought I was a negative influence I mean he probably had a point didn't he well I just don't get it we're getting towards the end of the pool stages and near the business end of the tournament now. Uh, but the Tier 2 nations have been better than many expected at this World Cup. Namibia, they ran the All Blacks close for a while there at the weekend. And uh, so we thought we'd catch up with their most famous ever player, Jacques Berger, uh, to see what he made of it all. Jacques, how are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? Jacques, we're very good, mate. Um, like I messaged you, I was with your former partner in crime, a.k.a. Petra Super C, a.k.a. the White Wolf. <laughs> yeah, and did you have fun? Of, well, you what do you know? What, why are you being coy? You know we you know we had fun. Why did you call him the White Wolf? Well, I'm not sure. I, th- I think you guys gave him the name. Did he not? Uh, I was the Brown Wolf. He was a White Wolf. I don't know what the reason was. The well, two man Wolf back. It's code. Them two uh, <laughs> enjoyed a lot of time together. Uh, Jacques, and he's white. He's, like, he's he's got a bit of white white hair. He used to put rocks out his hair. So I mean, white made sense. Mate, go figure, mate. At 40 years old, uh, Jacques, how how are you getting on, buddy? I know we're at the World Cup, but um, how's retirement been? Has the face healed? Has the knee healed? Has the ribs? Has the ankles? How are you getting on, mate? <laughs> I'm doing really well, Jim. Thank you. Um, always uh, a bit tough. I think you would you would know. I straight after the rugby those couple of years, two years or. So after the game has stopped, um, it's uh, it's a bit strange finding your feet in the in the real world, but it's going really well. You know, it's um, uh, the body is fine. I mean, it's uh, it is what it is. Really, nothing's getting healed um, from now on forward. But um, yeah, managing it well, um, 
don't have to put in the big hits every weekend, not um, having to run every day uh, makes a massive difference. Yeah, but it's going really well. Thank you, Jimbo. And your drive from work is significantly different. So you live near Luton, which I'm not judging Luton, but it's uh, <laughs> very different to the Kalahari Desert. So how are you finding it that? Is. Just set the scene. Where are you now, actually? Um, I'm in Johannesburg now. Um, yeah, I'm in a hotel room now. We're doing a bit, bit of work during the World Cup with Super Sports. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not on the farm at the moment, unfortunately. And how is the farm? Let's talk a little bit about that. So, as I said, there was obviously a few things you needed to worry about, um, dirty nappies in the road and stuff like that when you're <laughs> travelling to training. Talk to me about yeah. your life now, because I've seen on the Instagram there's there's snakes, you've got fences around to stop the lions <laughs> and the elephants come in. Hey! Um, how's all that going? <laughs> no, it's going really well. It's going really well, thank you. No, it's a completely different world, like you just mentioned. It's uh, extremely dry at the moment. At the moment in Namibia, we've had, a, I think, about seven years. Some people haven't had rain for seven years on their farm, so it's it's very very dry. It looks uh, um, looks like a desert at the moment where we are. Uh, I mean the Kalahari, um, but it's yeah, it's 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 a lot different. Like I said, it's um, quiet. I mean, I get a little bit frustrated when I'm in traffic now and between a lot of people. It's it's uh, a bit of an adjustment. Um, but yeah, it's quality of life, mate. It's um, wide open spaces, got a lot of time to spend with my kids. Um, always sunny. Um, yeah, not not a, not too much to complain about. It sounds paradise, although Jim wouldn't want to spend all the time with his kids, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> let, let's chat the Ruggers then. Obviously, uh, Namibia at the World Cup under Phil Davis, a uh, massive game at the weekend. And after 35 minutes, they're only one point behind the All Blacks. How proud of you yeah. were your boys for for competing that hard for that long uh, and how much do you see Namibia improving pretty much over the last few years under Phil Davis oh, I was I was really proud Jimbo very proud I think uh, I mean that was Goody asking the question but fuck Jim you're not here the Scottish accent <laughs> sorry Goody no damn sorry, mate, buddy, hey uh, mate that's offended me more mate that you think uh, <laughs> hey you the broad Scottish well, accent both, I'm sorry Goody sorry buddy that's okay my um, friend no it's uh, they've done really well I'm really really proud of them um, I thought it was going to be it's going to be tough you know I knew it's going to be tough but that first 40 minutes I was I was so surprised, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised the way the, the boys manned up and they didn't just um, try and kick everything away and play with the uh, positional game and kicking the corners, whatever. They 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 decided let's let's have a go, you know, let's play the ball. They kept the ball for long periods of time and they defended for for four, five, six phases and and, and kept the All Blacks out. And that was um, um, I, I think that what people need to realize and what I know about Namibia is we. We're 890, 900 players in the whole of, whole of Namibia. You know, it's um, and, and amateurs, um, 95% of them. So it's it's such an achievement to going into half time. I think it was 44 minutes until they scored that last job and they went 24-9 um, up. But yeah. it was 79 at that, at that stage. And um, I watched it in the studio and I was, I, I couldn't believe it. And the boys really manned up and they played like a team with confidence and they, like they didn't back down, so I was I was very proud. I was very proud. Hi Jack, I better intro myself after what just happened there. It's uh, <laughs> it's Darren Cave here. I actually think I uh, fil- I think I filled you in a few times. Um, Ulster against Saracens. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, don't hold it against me anyway. All right. <laughs> I won't. Uh, Sorry, mate. Jacques, Jacques got your kneecap, mate. It's on yeah, it's on his mantelpiece. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly isn't getting done for a high tackle anyway. Listen, am I right in saying that maybe have no Tier 1 fixtures between Rugby World Cups? Have you been surprised with how the Tier 2 nations uh, are getting on? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. and They're doing really well. Um, maybe I think that's the main challenge for us is um, obviously development. I think development's not going um, according to plan, I would say. I think not enough's being done to develop the game, you know, and that's why I'm, I'm 
very surprised by how, how good the boys are doing. You know, obviously Phil Davis has done an incredible job, but uh, I think our main challenge is, is we play um, with our qualifying route is African rugby, so it's the African Cup. Uh, and no offense to the rest of the African teams, but it's just not strong enough. Um, we've we've qualified comfortably by beating most of the African sides by big margins. And um, the other competitions is the the Nations Cup, which is which is a decent tournament with Uruguay, Russia, a couple of teams in the World Cup now, which is a decent quality of rugby. But we, we never get to face the real good good rugby sides. We never see big tests um, in Namibia itself. You know, we don't get um, tier one countries. And I know the schedule is extremely tough. Um, but that's what I think that's what part of the reason that makes it such a such a big step of going to the World Cup. So Jacques, big game then against Canada at the weekend. Um, we we'll just put it down as a cup final for, for Namibia. Like, how do you think you boys are going to approach that? Or how is that being perceived? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think um, obviously, you know, we haven't won a game at the World Cup. So um, we're extremely excited for this challenge. And um, I think with the positive signs we've shown so far uh, in, the, in the first three games, um, even though we've taken some big hidings, you know, I think, but if you take it into, into the concept of things, bigger things, that we, we're really up for this Canada game. And I think they're in a similar boat um, than we are. Um, they want to target us and they want to want to come and beat us. And I mean, we're not going to shy away. I, mean, I spoke to Phil this week as well. And I said to him, listen, we've got a realistic chance. It doesn't matter. If they think we're arrogant or whatever, but we're coming for them and they should know we're coming for them. And uh, let's go out there and get that very first win, which will be amazing for, for Namibian rugby. Um, and let's just talk about the other things that have been spoken about the World Cup. Obviously, you were known for tackling with your face and absolutely smashing people <laughs> left, right and centre. But where do you stand with this, uh, the tackle laws at the minute and what we're seeing, the red card for Lavanini at the weekend and, and how that's being refereed and perceived? It's a tough one, you know. It is a tough one. I think it takes it takes a while for for players to adjust the way they're tackling. You know, we've been um, told constantly by coaches and, and um, teammates to, to to dominate the game line, get off the line, and smash people. And a lot of time, the um, you make mistakes. You know, you go a little bit higher, and uh, it, it takes a long time to to get that focus lower. And I do get it that they want to make the game safer, and it's and it's good. You know, you need to you need to make it safer for the young people coming through, and uh, and and getting the rules in place. You know, the rules are the rules, and I think uh, the Labanini red card was a red card, definitely in my in my opinion. I mean, it it is you have to adjust. I think players now just need to have a lower focus. You just need to go lower and 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 make sure you stay on the right side of the law. Um, especially in the World Cups, such a tightly contested one. Um, if you if you make a mistake and you you go high and get a red or a yellow card, then you're out of the game, you know. And it's 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 so much at stake. So it's it is a tough one. It's it's tough. You say you tell guys go out there and smash people, get off the line, and and be dominant in defence. And then um, there's a lot to think about besides that. You know, it happens so quickly. A guy just steps um, into your line, and you just, you want to make a dominant hit. Um, you're slightly out of position and hand slips up. You know, it is it is very, very small margins. And uh, I mean, I'm lucky I'm not playing now. I probably would have missed a lot of rugby. Oh, mate, Jacques, I tell you what, I tell you, they, they can tell the, the lads to go in and tackle like Jacques Berger and they'll walk away with 24,033 <laughs> stitches at the end of their career on their face. Oh, mate, I don't know. You played with Jim for a while. When I say played with him, you used to start. Jim would have been on the bench or uh, in the second team. Uh, any good stories from playing with him or good memories? Yeah, well, like, I had a couple, a couple playing against Jim um, beforehand. You know, he was always a, a really. I, I thought this this hard bloke. He's going to be. Um, well, he is a hard bloke. Oh, cheers, but, mate! No, 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 no! no, 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 no don't no, retract. No, no. Yeah, retract it. Retract. What retract I'm saying it. is, um, I mean, when I met Jim, he was obviously just a just a softy, that personality wise, good guy. Loves his rugby and loves to talk shit. Does 
you know, it takes it takes uh, criticism very well, like I've seen on the show. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's it's a, uh, my perception of Jim. He was a he was a great guy to play with. Always, um, I think uh, he's, he was one of those guys who never stay back, and he'll always um, he'll, he'll have your back when it's when it's when it gets hot. So now I'm, I've 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 had uh, good memories playing with Jimbo. Jacques, are you drunk? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, because I was going to follow on from that. And so last week I announced I'm I'm genuinely considering coming back. What do you think? I spoke to White Wolf Para at the weekend. He was like, "Yeah, yeah do it, yeah. do it." Uh, what do you think? Shall I come back? Jim, where, where, where do you play? Where do you want to play? No, he's paused. That's a no. <laughs> you <laughs> paused. <laughs> there was a pause. Mate, anywhere, mate. Yeah, maybe no, not. No, no, Jim, but I think, I think there comes a time when you need to realise it's uh, it's probably time to move on. I think you guys got a good thing going there. Stick with that and uh, leave the rugby to the to the young guns. Exactly. Okay. Exactly All right, Jack. Okay. He's mate. deluded, Jack. He thinks <laughs> yeah. he can still mix it with the best. <laughs> no, no. I know for myself. If I have, if I have to step on the field now, I'm... I would keep them busy for a good 10, 15 minutes and then it'll get too quick for me. But someone's getting hurt though in those first 10 minutes, aren't they? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It might be myself. All right, Jacques, thank you so much for joining us and let's hope that Namibia can uh, get that first World Cup win this weekend against Canada. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers, Jacques. Good luck with the World Cup stuff, man. man. Top lad. lad. Top lad. Proper rugby man. Yeah. He is old school hard as folk horrible to play against mate did you see that game against Claremont where he made about 43 tackles but generally did tackle with his face he was hard as fuck never I don't care what anyone have says. I ever graced the rugby field with a harder man in my life Harry Ellis I thought was quite tough yeah. albeit a sick unit Jacques Berger was the hardest man I have ever and he's a very humble guy that you can obviously hear yeah. never ever seen anything like it the best bit about uh, Namibia at the weekend in that game and you can hear the pride that he's talking about in that but you see Phil Davis's face when in the first half when they're competing uh, with the All Blacks a point down. It looked like he was surprised. Phil Davis, I've been coached by Phil at Worcester. Um, he's a brilliant bloke. He's done. I've heard he's a top bloke. He is a top bloke. He's got the biggest calves you've ever I seen. I thought you were going to say something else. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, Definitely he's, 50 he's, odd. He has got the biggest calves you've ever seen. Really? And I wonder. That's I'm genetics. Thinking, I'm thinking Jason Leonard's maybe same with the nuts, but um, he's done a fantastic job for Namibia. Um, I hear how Jack didn't want me to come back. Yeah, he's pretty honest there, isn't he? Should I come? You were saying it last week. You were dead set that you were okay to come back and start playing rugby again. I got a bit of eye contact at the weekend off the Scarlet's forwards coach, Glenn Delaney. He looked at me, uh, but he was with Kruger. Do you remember the second row play for South Africa? Yes. Rassin? So he was with him. It was a bit awkward, so he didn't really say anything. But I know that he wanted to get you back say in the something. Mix. You know when you see a car crash and like the bonnet just crumbles? That's how they're designed. I honestly think that would be Jim going into contact. Imagine that. I mean, I mean he, would carry, why? he would just fold up, do you oh, know, like, like, a like, a, like a pen knife. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, what are you thinking there? I just, I, I've just got it. Like Thor is under control. Just mm, you know, two, like, two weeks. Oh, I can just two weeks on the spin now. He's not said he's ill. It's a fucking miracle. Let's get into Paul A now. We're in uh, the big one this weekend, Jim. Can Scotland do it or? Oh God, I'm worried. He's so nervous uh, about this. I, are you Japanese or are you Scottish? Yeah, let's make let's, well, let's work it out. I'm Scottish for the Wednesday game against Russia, and I feel I'm done by. Not making excuses. Mentioned it last week. A four day turnaround is ridiculous. Gordon Reid came on early in the last game against Samoa. He's backing up against Russia, and the likelihood is, unless Alan Dow comes back from a, I think it was a head knock, which he might well do. Gordon Reid will have to play again. Ridiculous. Player safety. Anyway comes down to Sunday effectively against Japan host nations and depending on the result against Russia there's a few permutations if Scotland pick up a bonus point which I would say is likely even with 14 changes then Japan the permutations are Japan can still lose but if they pick up a bonus point 
Japan could still qualify even if Scotland win. But that's all relevant and only relevant if... Listen to this. Typhoon Hagibis doesn't come and ruin the island against Samoa game. Typhoon Haggis. Typhoon. (laughs) Typhoon Haggis. Typhoon Haggis is coming in. Hey, you don't want to see a typhoon. You just don't want to see him. If it's called Haggis, I don't mind seeing it. Do you think it's set in the stars that it's called Hagibis? Do you know what happens if it's called off? Draw. Zero, zero draw. Two match points each. Can you imagine Ireland getting knocked out because of a typhoon and they don't make the quarterfinals? It'll be unbelievable. Well, you hope, you hope that worst case scenario, if it does get called off, they they move it because people are reporting that it can't be moved. Common sense would say, move it, play it on the Monday. Who cares? Ireland need to get to that quarterfinal. Japan need to beat Scotland. And Scotland are going home. It's exciting. It's very it exciting. It is. It's a, it's a good pull. And before, KV, you chat about Ireland, from a Scottish perspective, this is where we'll see what Scotland piss with. This is what we'll see what Scotland have got. I think Scotland are going to do it. See, Goody thinks that as well. Just have a feeling. It's very a bit different for Japan. They're not, you know, the Ireland game, just a bit of a shot to nothing. Now, like, they're probably, are the favourites to win it? Well, it's that, different. That, yeah, everyone was talking about this last game. And it's always been the case. This last game against Scotland would dictate who made the quarterfinals. No one expects them to beat Ireland. Everyone just thought, well, it will all be on this last game. And now it is all on this last game. And Samoa absolutely stitched Scotland up, didn't they? Well, the ref arguably dead with a crooked yeah. feed. That's what he gave it for. Crooked feed. And Who gives a crooked feed what, these why days? Take, why take the scrum, though? Very true. <laughs> yeah, we've got a scrum. Run got, it, big fella. We've got a free kick on our own five-metre line with Samoa, and we'll take a scrum. How about tap and go, boys? <laughs> and here, the other thing, just about Scotland, they've got a lot of big game players to be sort of seen as not favourites for that game. No, if you're going on players who have played in big Six Nations game, big Champions Cup games, it's a little different. Uh, you know, no offense to Japan, but playing those tier two tournaments, um, you know, playing super, super whatever rugby, super twenty. How many teams are in it now? Uh, forty six, um, I think. Forty six. You know, and you're looking for like what group of players are more likely to produce on a massive occasion? I'm looking through that Scottish team and I'm going, you know. I know they're household names because we see them, but they've also got sort of bigger rugby CVs. So I've, I have a feeling about Scotland. Yeah. And then it makes like points differences and games called off. Like it's gonna, it's good, it's good viewing. Should we touch on Ireland a little bit? Now? Oh yeah, let's, let's. Oh, I'm dying to talk about how good Ireland are. Mate, did, look. I mean, Jim's been getting the knife out and not. Did go, I call it or not? I not, thought. Not going in the back. Going I thought straight you in the belly were, abusing them. I thought you were abs full of until the last couple of weeks and now I'm start- I'm starting to see the light. I don't know what's wrong with them to be honest with you lads. Um I feel like the game plan they had and what they're doing, they were the best team in the world a year ago. They're still doing the same thing. I think maybe teams have sort of moved on a bit. And because Joey Carberry's obviously not fit or match fit or whatever you want to call it and Jack Cardy's quite new to international rugby, I just think their reliance on Sexton is just too much. Yeah, and that's I'm looking at this Samoa game. Say it goes ahead, and you expect that Ireland will win, but it's actually as important. So, he, win with the bonus point and make sure he doesn't get injured because we will not win a quarter final against one of those two without him. Jim thinks there's something else going on in the Irish camp, though. He keeps saying it. There's some undertone that they're not happy, and the only thing I can think of is Joe Schmidt hasn't got his cats there. Is that <laughs> he hasn't got his cats out? Well, that Japan, could be an it? issue. I think. With the, and I mentioned the Sexton thing again, got a load of pelters for it, and rightly so because it's not great when you open up players. I think the fact that Smith's leaving, I know Gatlin's leaving Wales, but I just think of the profile of the team, the kind of running that they've had, getting fifty points put on you by England, albeit a warm up game. But who gets fifty put on them now? And again, I've asked it, and Sexton, they are definitely wobbling at the minute. 
outside the group. Like I remember that New Zealand game last year. I fully believed we were going to beat New Zealand. Yeah. No, I things are things are different. You're sort of everyone in Ireland's going. We'll we'll cruise past them all, won't we? Yeah. What's the media like yeah, in Ireland? They're getting it hard. They don't read it, but it'll affect them. And there's that confidence that the likes of myself have in this Irish team. I still know it's the same group of players, the same game plan. I know what they're capable of. But at the same time, you know, we've been hosed twice by England in the last six months, beaten by Wales and Six Nations, beaten by Japan. And that lack of uh, confidence that I have in this group, the players will be feeling that too. There's no doubt they will not be approaching. Say we do get through and face New Zealand, there is no doubt they are not going into it with the same mindset as the yeah, last two times we played New Zealand when we beat them. What about Wales? They face uh, Fiji on Wednesday and Uruguay uh, this weekend on Sunday. Matthew Jones has asked on Twitter why you think they're so underrated and going under the radar. Who, Wales or Fiji? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. At uh, the minute, Wales are primed the way they beat Australia. The question marks are the conditions, I think. If you're from Wales, Scotland, Ireland or England. It's definitely harder for Ireland Scotland, Jim. Yeah, much harder. Yeah, just never seen the sun. Tamber, do you? Just never seen the sun. I do. Well, you're English. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and a quarter Chinese. Um, Wales look good, in my opinion. Fiji, Fiji will be a big test because they've struggled against Fiji. They beat them in the 2007 World Cup. They did. And the way that Fiji play, highest point scoring team, or like to score tries. Wales don't score a load of points. Fiji could be. A tough one for him. It can be a banana skin. And all I'm saying is, every Welsh back has learned the words your man over the last couple of days. Because their back line, you go from the centres, Bottier. Oh, my Bottier. Is he still at La Rochelle? Yeah. Oh, my Bottier. Oh, my Bottier at 12. Nitha Lavia at 13. He's an absolute unit. Randrandra on one wing. I told you the names. I told you the names. over on the other wing. You're just showing off now. And Murray Murivalu at fullback. Murray Murivalu and Tuisova. Out of those guys I've just mentioned, there ain't one back there under 100 kilos. My word. You're just shouting your man. I tell and you, whoever's what, playing against Randrandra, fucking good luck to you. He is unbelievable. I tell you what, in the forwards, we'll put Yato on the bench. We'll put Bill Matter in at eight. Adam Rosberg, maybe the Guinness Pro 14's best player. That's why it'll be a tough one. Change a few in the back row. Moriarty's absolutely raging. He's been filling people in training. So he'll be wanting to do something. James Davis is in. I love the way he said, uh, James Davis said to Gatland when he got selected. I heard about this. It's about time or something. It, it's about time, guys. It's, it's, it's about time, Gats. I heard something about him. Gats told him that Tipperick was being rested or something. You know, he's going to rest Tipperick and give him a go. And he made some comment about like, oh, he, about time he, you picked me. Yeah, and he wasn't getting rested because he was actually picking the best team. <laughs> Speaking of Wales, uh, Warren Gatlin will be handing over the reins as head coach to Wayne Pivak after the World Cup. And the two men will be coming face to face as Wales host a Gatlin-led Barbarian side on Sunday the 30th of November for what's going to be a cracking occasion. That could be actually a good chance for Jim to get like match ready for your comeback for the new year as well yeah, yeah so yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll see you there well, <laughs> i'm a two-time tourist so um <laughs> babas again well it'll be a celebration of jim's comeback and a celebration of rugby with a double header as wales women play the barbarians women before wales host the barbarians it's pvac coaches wales for the very first time tickets start from as little as 10 quid and you can get them by visiting wru.wales forward slash rugby pod that's wru dot wales forward slash rugby pod so go and check it out before it sells out before we get your thoughts on some of the games coming up in the world cup uh, don't forget you can catch all the seasons premiership pro 14 champions cup and much more on rugbypass.com if you're in asia and wherever you are in the world you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well and talking of rugby pass we are starting definitely alternate comms on saturday for the england france game i don't know any french players 
Kaleem Gagado. <laughs> <laughs> Camel Shat. Mate, Camel Shat, Camel mate. Just Shat. get him on. Just get him on. So we're doing Shat. that. Mate, you do all the Shat. England players. I'll do the French players if you want. We've also got a Guinness match pint predictor game going during the World Cup as well. So let's get a quick view on who's going to win in some of the games in the coming days and by how much. Let's start with well, no, Wales. Just, just before we start the games, yeah. we should just give everyone an update of where we're in the leagues. Because I want to sell it. I want Jim Hamilton to feel good about himself and celebrate something. Please. Last week he was a thousand and first or a thousand and second. You've broken the uh, the four number barrier, Jim. Where am I? Nine hundred twenty fifth. No, that, well that's not true, is it? it? Is I, I predicted every single game right it's this true. weekend. You're nine, so you've improved. You've improved by about seventy six places, Jim. Fuck! I should have done round one. I knew it. I I've knew got, it. I've got worse though. What? I'm down at three hundred thirty ninth now from about two hundred thirty fifth. Wow. Andy Rowe, where are you? Oh, I've dropped. 511th. How are you beating me? And Tim Groves, producer Tim. Where is he? Tell me he's, at, he's, he's after me. He's ahead of you, Jimmy. 701st. Oh, Let's talk about this week then, Tim. What you got for me? So we got me and you got 58 points this week, yeah? I got 53. I got not very many. You got 52, mate. But that's like having a good result one week and then being shit for the rest of it. So well, no, Jim's no, bottom. No, no, no. no. It's, it's starting shit and finishing strong and winning the World Cup. I mean, that's oh, ideally we'll what you want. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see who finishes top. All right. Well, we've got a lot of testosterone flying around in the air at the moment. Uh, let's have a look at the games coming up this weekend. I'm looking at Goody and I can't see testosterone. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Wales, Fiji. Who's winning by how much, Goody? Tough one to go. I'm going to go Wales by 15. Closer. Wales by 12. Darren, would you like to... You, I mean, I'll you... join in, and even though I didn't get invited in the league. Uh, uh, I'm going Wales by 20. Wow. Really? Yep. So Fiji no-show. Fiji, no show. No, no I think they rock up. I think no. they rock up. I think this is it. England, France. Oh, comfortable England win by 18. Oh, I'm going to go England by, I'm going to say 12, another 12 points. Do you know any other numbers, Jim, or not? What do you mean? Well, 12 and 12 and... There's 24. Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a math teacher. England by 15. Ireland, Samoa. Uh, Ireland by 22. Hmm. If there's no typhoon haggis, I'm going to go Ireland by 18. Ireland by 25. Confident. Yes. Japan, Scotland. Oh, let's let Jim go first. We should let Jim go first on this one. What do you think is going to happen, Jim, and what do you want to happen? Are they the same thing? I don't know. Let's hear the pause there, and he's, he ain't confident, is he? I'm not. I obviously want Scotland to win. Yes. They can win. Yes. Oh, God, it's going to, mate, it's going to be tough. I've got to back them, because the boys listen. I'm a bit of a hero. Amongst the the natives. Well, you got one mate in John Barkley. Yeah, true, that's true. Playing. I think we're going to do it. I don't know whether we'll qualify, but I think we'll beat, I think we'll beat Japan. Yep, by three. Oh, I'm going to say Scotland by six, which means that Japan still qualify. Come on, Japan. I'm going Scotland by eight. They're going to do it. You reckon? Yeah, they're going to do it. I hope you're right. Jim is nervous. Well, if you fancy going up against Jim and Goody, uh, myself and Tim, just download the app by visiting matchpoint.co.uk forward slash app or just go to wherever you usually get your apps from. And you can join the Rugby Pod League using the code RugbyPod to play against the lads and win free pints of Guinness and lots of other cool prizes as well. And Jim, uh, you've got a couple more uh, Japanese proverbs for us, don't you? I have, and I know that uh, KV would have been listening to this. This segment, uh, Japan Through Jim's Eye, also known as... Jim's Japsai has gone down really well. It's got, and this is another week of Jim's proverbs. And for anyone out in Japan, I know there's more people heading over now. You're welcome because you are learning the lingo. The first one, drunken life, dreamy death. This is what it sounds like in Japanese. 
Yeah, I knew that. Something to do with hotel and CC. Um, <laughs> drunken life, dreamy death. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean, it's quite an easy one, isn't it? If Go on, you, then. Well, it means how you feel when you're drunk, which is happy. Um, it depends how many you've had. You, you might go past the stage of being happy if you've not drunk responsibly. Um, therefore, you'll fall asleep and you have good dreams depends how much you drink if you if you drink low some people will be the bed don't they so it's maybe not that dreamy uh drunken life dreamy death Man, i'm not too sure i can't even work it out hang on living in the fast lane yeah no james no it's basically describes you to be honest what and this might sound a bit harsh well no just be honest okay there's two different answers to this that just, mean the just, same thing. Just say what's on the end of that salt-ridden tongue. Just, <laughs> just say what's on the end. <laughs> okay, so basically the exact translation of it really is spending all your time daydreaming and achieving nothing, which I thought was a bit too harsh about you. But the reality of it is in the English way of saying it is just having your head in the clouds, like not because you're tall, but because you're an absolute daydreamer. Yeah, all you're right. deluded. All right, well, oh, maybe don't shout that one on the street <laughs> in Russia. Next one, we've got gold coins to a cat. You'll love this one. All right, Andy, right about that. Gold mm. coins to a cat. Knickers in a twist in the kinkers. <laughs> um, gold coins to a cat. Why would you give gold coins to a cat? I, I thought cats like milk. Some that are Jewish medicine. Jim, go like... with what you just said. What? I thought cats like milk. Yeah, I thought like cats like milk. Well, just so, so it's a waste of time. Andy oh. Rowe gets it. Basically, it means wasting your time offering something valuable or helpful to someone who doesn't appreciate it. Gold like, coins to a cat. It's like offering me a salad. It just doesn't go down. 100%. Not having, not having it. Anyway, that's Japan through Jim's eye. Also known as Jim's Jap's eye. Let's have a look at some social media questions. Uh, before we get into a couple of new ones, actually, uh, any more positions that you guys can fill with the hell of a bush 15? Oh, uh, Kavi, you must have someone. So um, I've been doing the backs, Jim's been doing the forwards. Hell of a bush 15. Mate, you can say this now. They're all forwards, aren't they? Well, well, the, the, Mike, Mike Ross was on the came to mind. Mike Ross? Yeah. Talk to us. It's just that's what it, uh, that's what it used to be, the squirrel check. Colour? Uh, thick. Thick. Is that a colour in Ireland? Is that a colour in Ireland? Thick. <laughs> yeah. Light brown. Light brown. Um, they're all forwards. Yeah. The back's just... Backs we, we, are, yeah, Sam Vesti was one last week, wasn't he? Yeah, we had Sam Vesti, the bogey monster. Um, I mean, I don't, want to, I don't want to stereotype. He's a friend of the show. But Philip Saint-Andre, for me, is the demographic of Hell of a Bush 15. I do have a back, actually. Who Go on, then. Quite a bush who you'd have seen. Go on, then. I was, hey, by the way, I was with Martin Corrie the other week. Oh, yeah? Um, didn't say anything. He didn't mention the no, bush on bush. No, I think he loves it. Uh, a back that you've played with, who I remember from my days at Worcester Warriors... Groves. Alex Groves. My old Keith. Oh, Keith. The teeth. The worst set of Nashes in the premiership you've ever seen. Yeah, he also had a massive bush. Really? Hell of an inheritance, but yeah. he didn't mess with his bush downstairs. He just let it grow. But people don't. I'm growing mine at the minute. Alex Grove, <laughs> big old bush. You're growing your bush? Yeah. Paul Kelly has tweeted us, uh, has Jim received any offers to come out of retirement yet? I'm not too sure people take me seriously. Um, I am serious. Like I mentioned earlier, Glenn Delaney looked at me at the side of the pitch, gave me a nod. Don't know what it was. There was something in me that said, you want me, um, but I've not heard anything yet. So it's a no? That's a no. It's a, no. It's a flower. It's a no. Joe Bulmer has tweeted, uh, there's a Royal Rumble with the captains from each team at the Rugby World Cup. Who wins? We're digressing a little bit. Did you see the photo, and we've talked about it before, of the two Alangi boys? Oh, my like, man who's massive. About the size of the other ones. Henry. Henry. Too. Sweet mother of God. <laughs> he is one monster unit. I was in the kitchen with Henry at Leicester, and we were fighting. Not me and him. There was a big fight going on between Henry, uh, Henry Tualangi and the late Seru Rambini. 
and it was like something out of a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> I've told <laughs> this story before, haven't I? Where yeah. the police come in and see us, gas us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Welcome to the show. What but fucking legend It's I when am. you look at him and then you look across the Manu. And he looks about 80 kilos. Man who looked like a small little didn't boy, he? didn't he, compared to those boys? I used to spend time with the two of ladies, as did you. He used to yeah. go around for a barbecue. And if you sat down and had one drink with Henry, that was meant you couldn't leave until he was ready to go to bed, which was basically about two days later. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I had a Nokia phone with Snake on and you couldn't message on there. So and me and Becca only just started going out, so it didn't really matter then. <laughs> so who would win a Royal Rumble? If they all had to scrap it out, who who's the captain of Samar? Jack Lamb. It's got to be. It's got to be a second row. Yeah, we're all hard. Yeah. All the second rows are hard. I'd say Farrell's pretty hard. He's but he's had his head taken off a couple of times, isn't he? Very true. He, mate, the Northerners are tough, mate. Roy Best is about fifty now, isn't he? So he'd be struggling. Yeah, a bit of he... arthritis kicking in and stuff like yeah. that. So. <laughs> what is horrible to Roy Best? Well, mate, I love Roy Best. He wouldn't end yeah. unless it was big, uh, big water cash. Mate, I, I love Roy Best. He gave me man of the match in two thousand thirteen, mate. Matera, the Argentinian captain, he is. Ours. He loves it as well. Yeah. He was going at the weekend yeah. as well. He won't happy. Yeah, I'm going Matera. Yeah, I'll go Matera as well. Adam Seymour's tweeted, if the 2027 World Cup could be held in any country, where would you suggest? Where's the best rugby experience, night out, food, etc.? Ireland, gutted they missed out on next World Cup. After yeah, we got one. screwed. Can't Scotland screwed it. us. Why? Because the Union screwed us and the vote went for the French. Did they? Yeah. Mate, so. gutted it weren't in Ireland. And I think it should be. be. I, think, I think it'd be awesome there. The, the answer to the question for me has got to be America. Oh, Maybe America would be. be good. That would be good. A distant zone. Yeah, but oh, big stadiums, good nights out. Hey, you're just thinking about us going there. Yeah, Smart. I'm thinking. Get the final. I'm Vegas. thinking. I'm bound to know who's who on commentary by then. Like, get me out there. I'd say, okay. I'd say from, America's a good show. I'd say from a rugby perspective, I'd love to see it back in South Africa. I know the Lions tour was there in a couple of years, but that is that's heartland of rugby, isn't it? Let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by the Telegraph's sports subscription. Go and check out telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod for quality analysis and insight on this year's World Cup in Japan from the likes of Sir Ian McGeekin, Danny Cipriani, Will Greenwood and more. Rugby pod listeners can get a free month and then a further three months half price at just 50p a week. You'll get unlimited access to all their sports coverage, insight and analysis to so make sure you're in the know with the rugby pod and the Telegraph and just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod to get your 30 day free trial and three months half price the good obviously lots of good going around the world now of rugby we've started the guinness pro 14 so we'll start there and we'll start with darren's team ulster didn't see it no they didn't get in the good but their opponents did and ruin pinar leading the cheaters to victory they look good against his old club ulster uh, they're now top of the conference with two wins from two they started well haven't they the cheaters. 60 points. That's they, a hosing. Mate, they, they, they smashed Glasgow. Mm, we'll see how we go. If Jim can play, I can play. There we True. Go. They smashed Glasgow the week before. Current Curry Cup champions. There they you are. go. They love, are. Love so, uh, the cheaters, I think they'll be good this year. Where else? We'll go to France. Sean Robertson's try for Bayonne against Agen. Uh, crazy offload. A behind-the-back pass. A flick through the legs. Saw it. Spectacular dive in the corner. That's got to be top 14 try of the season already. I mean, that sort of thing that the Fijians try on the training ground comes off every time. You do it in a match and you're French. It's never happening. And it did. There's been a few good tries in the top There has. There has. Bayon. Uh, Sean Robinson's try was outstanding. Uh, what else was good? We'll stay in France, but we'll go to the World Cup. Alavaretti Racker. I think he's an absolute world of a player. 13 carries, 151 metres made, five defenders beaten, four clean breaks, an assist and a try. And he ain't getting in Philippe Saint-André's team. No, 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 no. Did you hear him speak after? He's multilingual like my good self. What do you speak again? Um, English. Yep. Hello. 
Uh, Chinese, Nehoma. You can't just say one French. word. Well, but what else do you need then? Let me just count to ten in Chinese for you. Yuck, ye, Sam. Sam say yuck. Yuck, ye, Sam say bap, sound suck. <laughs> That's it. Uh, talking to star wingers that played well, we'll stay in the World Cup. Cheslin Colby on fire again Oof. against Italy. 94 metres made, four defenders beaten and two tries. Just given World Player of the Year now, I reckon. Semi Randrandra, I spoke about him earlier. Uh, 176 metres, 16 runs, six clean breaks, 11 defenders beaten. He is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Japan with their 38-19 victory over Samoa. That was outstanding, especially the last-minute try by Matsushima in the corner, which means that it's going to be really hard for Scotland to qualify for the knockout stages, hopefully. You all right with that, Jim? No. Okay. Uh, what else was good? England beating Argentina. That's a given. But the first team to qualify for the quarterfinals after not making the quarterfinals in 2015. I think that deserves a shout-out. And I'm English and we're going to win it. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's fucking coming home. No, it ain't. Uh, what else was good? Namibia putting up a good fight against the All Blacks. See what I did there? That's, that's, yeah. uh, only one point down. They were losing 10-9 after 35 minutes, which was outstanding. And they made more clean breaks against New Zealand than South Africa did. Really? There's a stat for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it blows I mean, my mind. Uh, outstanding from Namibia. But the good this week has to be the try of the tournament so far and probably the try of the tournament full stop TJ Perinara did you see his try yeah how good I mean the pass around the corner to start off with uh, and then Brad Weber gets the ball takes it on after a, a tackle his flick behind the back was just ridiculous Perinara's finishing the corner Harlem Globetrotter stuff Jim Brad Weber well no it was TJ Perinara yeah no but so. he was involved the good Brad, this week. Brad Weber might um, ask TJ Perinara no chance who's going to do who's going to do the hacker Aaron Did Smith used to do it before he got caught in the toilets. Wait, therefore you can't what do it happened in the toilets? I don't know. <laughs> so controversial, you Andy, bro. Uh, just in for a courtesy web. Yeah. <laughs> he brought a word of them to help. Normal. Normal. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, the goo this week goes to TJ Perinara and the All Blacks try. They'll like that. The bad. Uh, we'll start off with the Wallabies, shall we? Uh, four high tackle penalties in the first half alone in their game against Uruguay. Uruguay. Well done, Jim. Uh, they're clearly not learning their lessons. Maybe Michael Checker. Needs to start coaching and Needs stop moaning. Check himself out. Check, check, check himself out. <laughs> Get it. Uh, Samoa, five yellow cards in three games and the reaction of their coach, Steve Jackson, to it. He was laughing, weren't he, when um, TJ Ioni got sent to Sinbend for the big shot. He was laughing when yeah. he came off. Just not good. Around. But then game management from Samoa, that was pretty poor. Uh, although the game was up, you've got a free kick five metres out. Don't take the scrum, Samoa, tap and go. Ultimately, Scotland now really do not like the Samoans unless they can beat Ireland. Um, what else was bad? Morad Boujelau posting that video, criticising the French team and calling for a mutiny. Uh, France, they were pretty bad, struggling to beat Tonga. Uh, Gautier trying to run the show rather than Jacques Brunel reports that the players are backing Gerardo as captain, but his relationship with the coaches are strained. And we heard the fallout earlier between Gautier and Gerardo might go back to their Toulon days. The bad this week has to go, though, to Argentina. Uh, talking about a war and losing their heads in the game against England, we'll come on to Lavanini's individual tackle in a minute, but Argentina, they've been a shadow of them for their former selves at this World Cup. Uh, when you're talking about a war and then you're bringing shots like that, that's just bad, boys. No, I, I think if it was a war, they would have won. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> the ugly. Two bits of ugly. We just mentioned one of them. Lavanini's tackle on Owen Farrell. That was pretty ugly. But for me, the ugly this week has to go to Andrea Lavotti and Nicola Quaglio for their spear, dump, jewel, tackle, spear on the head of Dwayne Vermeulen. Yeah, that was pretty. The old Brian O'Driscoll against New Zealand. That's Tana right. Umanga and Kevin Mialamu. You know, we just that's just not ruggers. You're asking me what a red card is? That's a definite red card. 
Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Cavey, for joining us. And thank you as well, Producer Tim. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. What is rugby pod in Japanese? Rugby pod. Rugby pod. The rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.